welcome to the Queen's Church Sermon Podcast. Our church is being built on two vision statements. Jesus is our passion and love is our mission. We hope this message leads you to Jesus and that next week you'll join us in person to experience God's love through this local church. You can follow us online at qns.church. Hey, Queen's Church, hop in the chat and say, I'm ready for a word if you are ready to jump into Daniel chapter 7. We are continuing our journey through the book of Daniel, and the sermon series is entitled Fearless. And today, we're going to see how when we are trusting in Jesus, giving ourselves over to the power of God, we can be fearless in the midst of confusion. If you can find a, con a confused emoji, drop that in the chat right now. Ask the people here for the stream. Uh, nobody really knew what it was. Maybe the head explosion one. But if you got a, what, what do you put in a text when you're confused? You know, when you're not understanding what's going on. The, the person's typing the text out, but they're using their voice, so every other word is wrong. You guys have had that happen to you, right? And you read the text three or four times, and you have no idea what they're talking about. You're just confused. Well, here Daniel sits in a foreign kingdom during times of changing rulers and demanding kings, right? Remember, he's been demanded that he worships on his knees to them. He's been demanded that he prays to no other God. He's been demanded to eat things that were outside of his religious practice. He's in this foreign kingdom. His devotion to God Almighty is challenged time and time again, and his, his identity is called into question as well. His future, right, what he can see in front of him seems turbulent. Like, when is this ever going to end? And now, in Daniel chapter 7, we pick it up, and he begins to have visions and dreams of his own. So far, all we know of Daniel is that he's interpreting other people's visions and dreams. Remember, he's interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's. He's interpreted Belshazzar's writing on the wall. So he's been the interpreter. Now, he starts describing times when he is having dreams. And for timeline's sake, I'll just throw this out there— um, Daniel 1 through 6 was going on a pretty consistent timeline from king after king. Right now, though, the book transitions, okay? So now Daniel's going to start popping around the time, and he's headed back to Belshazzar, who was the king after Nebuchadnezzar, who had the writing on the wall happen at the big banquet. So he's going back, and he's telling us about what was going on in his personal life during the time of that interpretation. And I want to ask you, before we jump in today— who or what do you turn to when times around you are uncertain? Who do you turn to when things are uncertain, when you're confused, not just from a text, but maybe you're confused by what's going on in your life, a relationship's going a different way than you thought or than you wanted? Who do you turn to when your job just falls out from underneath you and you go, what is going on? Why is God letting this happen? Who do you turn to when a loved one who wasn't sick and you didn't expect dies or grows ill? Who do you turn to when times are uncertain? You know, things on this earth are always shifting and changing. And when our mind focuses too closely on the shifting things, it can e we can easily become trapped by confusion. Confusion can set in around us and begin to build up a wall. And this can lead to something that most of you have experienced, anxiety, right? Confusion sets in and eventually, or maybe very quickly, anxiety jumps on you. 
And then you could even become overwhelmed to the point of depression. And today we're going to go backwards in the timeline and see what happens when Daniel faces some of these exact things, confusion, anxiety, and maybe even depression. He was called to make sense of this phrase on the wall for Belshazzar, but during the same time, um, he is called by the queen, remember, the man who has the spirit of the gods in him. And we learned that when you have the spirit of God in you, he speaks through you. But let's look inside of what Daniel was going on, what was going on in Daniel's life personally. This text is apocalyptic in nature. That means it tells of times in the future, times in the present, and times bigger than we can imagine. So we're going to talk about those three scenes, right? There's something going on specifically in Daniel's life right now that this uh, vision speaks to. But this vision also is speaking to something bigger and broader that encompasses all of time, right? A spiritual battle that's going on for all of time. And it also, though, addresses things that you and I are going through right now, through uncertain. I mean, can you, can you with me pretend to imagine a time when you have ever felt uncertain about the, the way that the government around you <laughs> was acting and there may be a shift coming and you're uncertain of what that's going to cause? Maybe your money is tied up, right? Or maybe your job is hanging in the balance. I, I'm sure none of you can imagine what that would be like, right? Of course not, just two weeks away from an election that everyone is calling the most important election in United States history. Yes, of course, we, can f we know what this feels like to be like Daniel and say the times are shifting around us and there is confusion and uncertainty. So if you are feeling like him here, a person who is living during unsettling times, then I want you to listen to this word that God has for you today. The first thing we got to see is that confusion is nothing new. Sometimes it's important for us to just take a step back real quick and realize that confusion is not a new thing. We can be told by the media or by um, uh, our government officials or the politicians who are wanting our vote, we can be told that this is, this is new and this is the, the, the worst or the best or the first time this has happened. But the truth is confusion is not new. Listen to uh, Daniel chapter 7, verses 4 through 8. I'm actually going to jump up to, uh, to verse 3. This is the vision that Daniel sees. And four great beasts came out of the sea, different from one another. Can you imagine dreaming that? <laughs> four great beasts come out of the sea, and they're, they're all different. The first was like a lion who had eagle's wings. And then as I looked, its wings were plucked off. And it was lifted up from the ground, ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. And then behold, another beast, a second one, like a bear. It was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And it was told, arise and devour much flesh. After this, I looked and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to the beast. And after this, I saw in the night visions. And behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth, and it devoured and broke into pieces and stamped what was left at its feet. It was different from all the beasts that went before it. It had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one before which three of the first horns were plucked up 
by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Let's break this down quickly, because I know that you're wondering, what in the world is Daniel dreaming about? You remember Nebuchadnezzar dreamt about four as well, right? He saw his statue up in the desert, and there were four different kingdoms represented by the head, the breastplate, the legs, and the feet. And his image, it was a great shining idol. But in Daniel's image, it is incredibly fear-inducing. You see, the four beasts represent the same thing they did in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The kingdoms of the world at the time of its writing and those to come soon after. And like I said before, they also represent a larger picture of our world. About the injustice and the savage reign of earthly powers. And furthermore, they're, they're representative of our current reality today, which is filled with powers on this earth that devour the poor and the marginalized, that take advantage of people for their own personal or national gain. You've, you know, verse 3 is important here. You might just pass over it. It says, And four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. But it's, but it's important because if you're looking for the eternal king, if you're looking for the kingdom that lasts forever— you don't look for the one who, that comes from up with beneath the earth. You see, these kingdoms of darkness that devour one another and all around it, they come from within the earth. But soon we'll see here in a few moments that God's kingdom comes down from the heavens. And church, the, the, if you don't get anything from this sermon today, hear this point that will be repeated often. I want to know, where is it that you are looking for your king? This principle is so clear right here in Daniel and throughout Scripture that if you look to the kingdoms that come from the earth for lordship, you will certainly find destruction. You will find poverty. You will find injustice. You will find domineering kings who rule with an iron fist, but, but God's kingdom is not from this earth. God's kingdom is from the heavens, and it comes down, and it is eternal. And because of the eternality of God's kingdom, when there is confusion on the earth, we can look to him for clarity on how to interpret it. So the first thing I say we got to remember is that confusion is nothing new, right? This is, this is a continual thing. It's happened then, happens now, and it happens all around us. But the second thing is this, that Jesus brings clarity and unity. You say, but, but pastor, this is the Old Testament. Why are you talking about Jesus? Let's, let's look, look here. Verse 9. As I, this Daniel, as I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days, that is God Almighty, our Father, took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. See the imagery and how it contrasts up against a lion with wings that are plucked and the horns that are savage and pulled up by the root? The Ancient of Days takes his seat, and his clothing is white as snow, and his hair is like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. I was talking to my boys about this image earlier, and I said, remember in the Hunger Games when they come in on the chariots and there's, and, and there's bursting into flames on their clothes? Imagine this scene that Daniel is seeing in his head with God Almighty 
clothed in majesty with fiery flames around his throne and his wheels burning. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. A great army and the court sat in judgment and the books were opened. Daniel says, I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. Remember this horn, this little horn that had plucked up three of the other of the ten horns, and now it was the one dominating the others. It's speaking great words. And as I looked, the beast was killed, and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were pro prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. Where does God come from? His kingdom, his rule, comes from above. From the clouds of heaven comes down the son of man, and he came to the ancient of days, and he was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people's nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not pass be destroyed. Church, when Jesus enters the scene, this son of man coming down from the heavens, he brings clarity into the confusion. This horn, this great horn that is speaking, it has just conquered the earth, and it's speaking these great mighty words, and Daniel looks, and this beast is killed and destroyed and thrown into the fire. The chariots of God's power burn up up the proud words of earthly kings. Church, when we are at unrest in our soul or in our mind, confused with what's going on, remember that the kings of injustice will always be consumed by God Almighty. In, in the midst of confusion, we are fearless because God sits on the throne above all earthly thrones. So yes, it is important for us to focus as we live in a democracy on the government because we have a say in what happens. However, it is idolatry of us to be induced into fear by our earthly governments. Because we stand fearless in the face of our governments because God sits above them enthroned. He is on high. When we see injustice happening around us, we, we do what we talked about last week. We pray right away. Right? We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, so we run to the poor. We run to the orphan. We run to the imprisoned. And we give everything that we have knowing that even if we give everything we have and we don't see any noticeable change while we live here on earth, we serve a God who brings clarity in the confusion and who will, who promises to overcome the evil with his almighty good. In fact, the heavens have already come down in the person of Jesus and done this. I know we're getting to Jesus a little earlier than we normally do in the sermon, especially in the Old Testament, but church, it's so clear here that he is the one who brings clarity to our confusion. And I want to ask you, if you are confused, who are you looking to for clarity? Because when we look to the kingdoms of the earth to find clarity, we will only find more confusion. But when we look to Jesus, 
we see the Son of Man lifted up and given the throne of justice and righteousness and holiness. Jesus is crowned king, and he presides over his throne room filled with people from every nation and every language worshiping him. You see, church, where, where earthly kings stir up strife and war against one another, Right? Just kingdom after kingdom swallowing kingdom. That's what happens. The, the bear swallows the, the lion, right? And then this other one comes, and, and, and it has ten horns, and it rules over. Then the little tiny horn comes from that. The kingdom swallowing kingdom. When earthly kings stir up strife like that, the Son of Man establishes a united, worshipful, free, full kingdom with shalom, with peace and welfare and goodness for everyone. You remember the words ring so true here that Paul said in Romans that it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. You see, the confusion is caused here because the earthly kings do not rule with kindness, right? The earthly kings rule with shame or with guilt or, as you have seen more than any other time in my life during this election cycle, with fear. If you do not elect me and my form of government into the highest office, everything that you know is done. Everything is over. What is that that they are appealing to in you? Church, we must recognize as followers of the one true king that we are being, what they are appealing to is our fear. And church, we have no reason to fear. We are fearless even in the face of this confusion because God Almighty sits on the throne and his kingdom comes by his kindness, which leads us to repent and come to him on our knees, worshiping at the throne forever. Some of us need to hear this today. Jesus is on the throne. Regardless of what happens in a couple of weeks, Jesus is on the throne. And so the question that begs of us is, who are you worshiping? If Jesus sits on the throne, who are you worshiping? Church, finally, we continue here, and we see that this vision gets interpreted. And we can see that, that Daniel trusts God during alarming and distressing times. And we are called right now to trust in God during these potentially alarming and distressing times. Read with me verses 15 through the end of the chapter. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious and the visions of my head alarmed me. Some of you get that. You're watching this right now on the stream live or later on on YouTube or Facebook, and you're saying, I get anxiety. <laughs> I don't get being fearless. I, I don't get uh, trusting in Jesus and just jumping off the cliff, but I, I, can, I can get with some anxiety. I know about the confusion. When you said that word depression, I haven't thought of anything since because I get that. Church, if you get that, listen closely right here. Verse 16, I approached one of those who stood there. He, he's having a dialogue inside of his own vision. He approaches one who stood there, and he asked the truth concerning all of this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These great four beasts are four kings who shall rise out of the earth. You've heard me mention this. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom how long? Read it out loud if you're, if you're following along in your Bible. Forever, forever, and ever. 
Then I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast, this one who seemed mightier than the rest, which was different from everyone else, exceedingly terrifying with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces, stamped what was left at its feet. And about the ten horns that were on its head and the other horn that came up, and before which three of them fell. The horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things and that seemed greater than all of its companions. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints for the Most High. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. So thus, this is what he said. This is about the little horn, about the fourth beast. There shall be a fourth kingdom on this earth and it will be different from all the other kingdoms. It will devour the whole earth and it will trample it down and break it into pieces. But as for the ten horns, out of this kingdom, ten kings shall rise and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones and shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High. Remember the, the boastful words he was speaking loudly before God shut him down? He shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Take them to task. And he shall think to change the times and the law. It's not a good thought. And they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and a time and a half. But the court shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. Church, the earthly kings will always face their judgment day. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High God. His kingdom shall be everlasting, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Now listen closely to those of you who said, I can get with some anxiety. I know all about confusion. Depression owns me. Listen closely. Daniel has just received a word of confirmation that everything's going to be okay. You have received a word of confirmation that everything is going to be okay. You've read the scriptures, you've heard these sermons, you've heard these, these songs that we just worshiped to. You know cognitively that God is in control. You know in your heart that you have trusted in him for salvation. You have received confirmation, and Daniel has received confirmation. So let me speak to that anxiety and that depression right now. Look at this, verse 28. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Church, especially those of us who deal with anxiety and depression and loneliness and confusion, just because you know that God is in control does not mean you will never be confused. It does not mean you will never have anxiety. It does not mean you will never face the tunnel of depression. Just because you have been told by God in a vision or a dream that everything's going to be okay, just because Jesus has saved you from the midst of it before, doesn't mean you will not face times of anxiety and depression. And church, I want to say something very clear to you today too. Just because you have faced anxiety and depression and confusion does not mean you are in sin. Now there is a moment at which 
Anxiety and depression and confusion can cross over to sin when we give ourselves to it. When we surrender to the anxiety or to the depression, instead of fighting for, with everything that we have for endurance to rest in the peace of God, it can become sin. But just because you face anxiety does not mean you are in sin. And so sometimes what we do is, when we're in depression and anxiety, we heap on top of that guilt. Because we think just because I'm in anxiety means I'm not trusting God. So now I'm guilty before him. Then we have shame. And then it causes us to go deeper and deeper into what? Anxiety and depression and confusion. And now we're on an endless cycle. Some of you are doing this in your head. Steve is here recording me today. He's going like this. That's exactly right. We're in an endless cycle. So church, listen. Daniel has a word for you here by his honest retelling of the way he processed this. He says, I had anxiety. These things alarmed me, and it made a physical change in my body. My color changed. He kept these things in his heart. Have you ever held things? You don't even want to tell anybody else about it. You're so fearful of what they might think of you, you didn't even say it. He says, I kept these things inside. Church, just because you've heard from God doesn't mean you won't have anxiety or depression. And I want to affirm you that if you have anxiety or depression or loneliness, because I know that many of you do, you've told me about them. If you do, and just because you do, does not mean that you are in sin. Church, you tr- we can trust in God even in the midst of distressing and alarming and uncertainty. Daniel is distressed and alarms, and sometimes alarmed, and sometimes things that are scary happen to us, and they stress us out, and they alarm us. They bring us to anxiety. But he is not fearful. You see the difference? He's filled with anxiety. He has alarm in his body. His color has changed, but he's not fearful because fear compounds anxiety. So in the midst of your anxiety and your depression— you can turn your mind to yourself and say, I am fearless because even when confusion and anxiety are crippling me, even when depression is present in my mind and I feel it in my body, I can rest in the security that God is on the throne and the victory has already been won in Jesus. And I can close my eyes and as the walls close in around me, I can look up to my heavenly king instead of down to the earthly kings in fear, and I can kneel before his presence. Every nation, every tongue, every language, I can look around me and see a thousand upon a thousand, ten thousand, ten thousands of the saints, and I can look to them, and I can see that we are all on our knees worshiping the one true king, Jesus Christ. You see, you can be used by God in the midst of your confusion. Rewind back to what Daniel is doing right now. He's having these dreams, and he's standing in the court of a thousand. I don't think it's any secret. I mean, I don't think it's any mistake that thousands are mentioned here worshiping Jesus. And if you remember back to um, earlier in Daniel, Belshazzar has a party of a thousand. And he's standing in the midst of a thousand naysayers of the kingdom wondering what happened on the wall with that writing. And he is used as a mouthpiece of God to pronounce judgment on that king. And then he is lifted from, do you remember, from the pit to the palace. 
And he is placed on high in the kingdom and given a lot of responsibility and given wisdom by God. It was out of the midst of his confusion and anxiety that God used him. And some of us need to realize that sometimes we are in the midst of anxiety and, and depression because God is wanting us to stop looking down at the earthly kings and look up to him. And he wants to use us even though you're depressed. God wants to use you even though you're filled with anxiety. You see, the enemy, though, is attacking you by, by making you have guilt and shame and causing you to fear but that needs to be turned from fear into faith. You can be used by God in the midst of your confusion. While you struggle with anxiety, the Holy Spirit of God is still indwelling you, and you are in Christ Jesus when the Spirit is in you. In fact, the New Testament teaches that you have become more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. In order to rest in confusion, though, we must cast all of our cares upon the Lord. His peace is the peace that surpasses all understanding that we have. We have to stop looking to the kingdom that rises from the earth for hope, and we have to look to the saving king who reigns eternal. Church, when Jesus reigns in your life, you can be the peace that others around you need. Don't waste that anxiety and that confusion and that depression. Let it turn your heart toward God. And may the peace that passes all understanding become true in your heart and then be made known to those around you. So today, how do we respond to this amazing apocalyptical message that God has for us? Well, first and foremost, church, we got to look up type look up or put some arrows pointing up into the chat. We have to look up. Trust the eternal king for eternal life. Some of us have done that. We've stepped off that cliff of faith and we've said, I, I trust in Jesus. He's my king. We did that. We were baptized. We go to church. We read our Bibles. But in every other way, we're looking to the, kingdom of the kingdoms of the earth and letting them overwhelm us with confusion. We need to look up today and trust the eternal king for eternal life. And if you've never trusted in the king for eternal life, I invite you today to do that. You can just pray this prayer right here. I trust you, Jesus. I lay down my sins. I turn from them because I know you are kind. Welcome me into your family. Jesus, you are on the throne. And if you pray that prayer today, if that's the cry of your heart, that you want to trust in Jesus for eternal and abundant life, we want to celebrate that with you. So just write that in the chat, that you just trusted Jesus for the very first time. And the last next step that I want to mention is that some of you God is calling to take that next step of faith, and that's to go public with the faith that God has given you. Some of you have prayed that prayer recently, or maybe it was years ago, but you've never taken the step of obedience and to be baptized and go public with your faith. There's a really simple way you can do that right now. You can just get out your phone and type QC baptism into a text message to the number 94,000. We're having a baptism on November 14th, if you're watching this before then. Just type QC baptism and the number is 94,000. That's your normal Queen's Church text if you already get those texts. Just open up Queen's Church and type QC baptism with no spaces. And you get a little form you can fill out. 
and one of, our, one of us will contact you and talk to you about how you can follow Jesus in baptism. Church, I said at the beginning that Daniel has a word for you today. And that word is that even in the midst of confusion, which includes anxiety and depression and loneliness and uncertainty about what is coming in the future, in the midst of confusion, you can be fearless because you don't look to the earthly kings that come from within the earth. You are trusting in the eternal king who comes down from the heavens and rules with kindness in your heart. Turn and look up today. Let's pray. Father, we trust you. And even when we feel like our, our heads are too heavy to lift on our own, Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may look up and look to you and see Jesus coming down from the heavens in order to save us and use us for your kingdom and your glory. Jesus, you are our passion, and we know that love as our mission is crippled when we are looking to the earth. So help us to look up today so that we may love and bring your peace to the ones around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.